TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome to the Score North Twin Show. It's finally here. Judd Zolgad, Jake DePew. Jake, I thought we might not get here, but we are able now. And yes, COVID will impact things, and we'll talk about that. But we are able now, as we record this, to talk about the Twins opening the regular season on Friday night against the White Sox. Yes, it's 60 games. Yes, baseball might be screwed up. And yes, I don't think either of us right now give a damn about any of that. That's exactly right, Judd. I don't care. I mean, I do care, and we'll talk about it, but I am so happy baseball's back. I, I honestly, I didn't think we'd get to this point. I, I really didn't, uh, whether it was labor negotiations or COVID or whatever. I, I didn't think there'd be a season, and I, I'm ecstatic about it. And we'll talk about all the issues, all the problems, because they're there, but we can also just enjoy the fact that sports is back and baseball's back, and it's okay to feel good about that while also acknowledging all these issues that exist. So I cannot wait to, to watch Twins baseball tomorrow night. It's, it's fantastic. Rios, Giolito, Aces pitching, real baseball games. Okay, so a plethora of season preview stuff to get to in this episode of Score North Twin Show. Where would you like to start? You tell me. Why don't we start with predictions for the season? Perfect. Yeah. So I have a bunch of predictions. I want to hear your uh, takes on all of these. And let's start with Team MVP. So obviously there are a number of, of great candidates here. But Judd Zolgad, who is your team MVP at the end of the 2020 season, whenever that is? Can I give you my hopes, my dreams, my perfect scenario, and then, and then my real thoughts? Yes, and you don't have to stick to baseball. If you want to give me your hopes and dreams for life, for humanity, feel free to do that as well. No, no, no. This, I'll stick to baseball. I'll stick to a player. <laughs> I just don't see. I can't, I can't pull the trigger on this, but I will tell you off the record, my hope would be Byron Buxton because yes. if Buxton can play and we, we had talked about this last podcast we did, Jake, if you, if Byron Buxton could play 55 games, I would tell you, I think he's going to be the most important player, hence MVP on this team. Okay. So that's my hope and dream. And I would love to see it. And I hope in, in being skeptical about that, I am wrong, but I can't, I just can't pull the trigger right now on a guy who up to now doesn't stay healthy. Uh, It it sounds like he is driving right now to Chicago to join the Twins for the White Sox series. That doesn't mean he's going to play game one, uh, and that doesn't mean that he is going to play a full 60-game campaign. Uh, I will give you my team MVP in a short season, and I think it was a great signing, and I think he's going to be very, very good. And I think that we've seen he is a Hoover vacuum at third base, Josh Donaldson. In every word, he is a professional, my man. He takes the ball the opposite way. You know, he could try and pull the ball, right? But he's such a, he's such a craftsman at the plate, and I say that with all due respect, with no uh, sarcasm. He's such a craftsman at the plate that we have seen him basically spend time trying to beat Baldelli's shifts. He plays for Baldelli, and he's basically saying, your shifts suck. Um, at third base, my God, a year ago, you were fearful Miguel Sano if a ground ball went to his right or left, was going to fall down. I say that seriously. Uh, Donaldson's a Hoover vacuum there. I mean, Donaldson gets, for the most part, is going to get to everything. I think he's going to play a ton. I think he's going to tell Rocco, uh, hey, Rocco, uh, take your ideas of rest and recovery and put them in a place the sun does not shine for this year. 
Um, I think he's going to set a very intense tone, but in a 60-game season, Jake, I like that. So I'm banking on um, the signing of Josh Donaldson paying off, and when it's all said and done, if this team's as successful as we want them to be, he will be the MVP of this team. You've completely stolen my take, Judd, because I also have Donaldson as my MVP. Uh, it, no, that's okay. He, he is a great signing. And just the, like you said, the intensity with which he plays and approaches the game, I think is going to be so valuable. It's valuable in any season, but in this 60-game sprint, I mean, he's going to – I could see him playing all 60 games. I, there was a picture – so the Twins tweeted out a bunch of pictures from their road trip where they were all getting on the plane. Everybody's wearing – you know, it's Rocco Baldali, right? So everybody's wearing, you know, shorts and a T-shirt, whatever. Donaldson's in a full suit. Full suit, like hair slicked back. He's ready to go. I loved it. I loved it. That's you, him. What's that? That's him. He's, That's him. he's put up with zero BS. Exactly. Exactly. I loved it. Uh, he supposedly, I, I, I don't know who tweeted out. It might have been you. It might have been somebody else. But he was yelling apparently at Eddie Rosario during an intra-squad game that he should have scored from second on a single. Uh, so I just, I love the intensity. He's a great defensive player. Obviously, we know what he can do at the plate. And I just think. I think he's, he's the real deal for the Twins. I think he's the MVP. But I agree with you. If Buxton is the MVP, that is a great sign for the Twins. If Buxton's the MVP, they win the Central hands down. No question about it. But I'm going with Donaldson. All right. Okay. All right. Next prediction. And I'm gonna, this is a two-parter. Best starting pitcher and best relief pitcher for the Twins. You start this time. All right. Best starter, I'm going with Rich Hill. I think Rich Hill – I love – Barrios, I think he's going to take another step forward. I just think Rich Hill, in short spurts, is an elite pitcher. He's an ace. We've talked about this on the podcast before. When you look at his numbers, when he actually pitches, he is outstanding. That curveball is one of the best curveballs in the game. Uh, and I just think a 60-game season is perfect for him. To get him for the full year instead of for only you know maybe the last third, as they would have in a 162, it is huge. And I think if he makes 10, 11 starts for this team, uh, he's going he's gonna to post big numbers and, and be a huge contributor. So, so Rich Hill, my best starting pitcher, best reliever, I'll go with Taylor Rogers. Uh, not much drama there. But I want to give honorable mention to Randy Dobnik because I'm sick of talking about Dobnik as a great story, and I wanted to start talking about him as a really damn good pitcher because he's done nothing but pitch well since he got called up. He's handled every role, whether it's pitching in long relief, being an opener at Fenway and, uh, and, and getting through the top of the Red Sox lineup with no problems. You know, he, he didn't do well in the playoff game. But other than that, he's been great. And I think he's just a damn good pitcher. When I watch him pitch, the more I watch him, it, I don't think this is a fluke. So I think he's going to be a big contributor as kind of a hybrid uh, starter, reliever, opener. He's, he's very open-minded to doing all of that. So, so he's my honorable mention. But I'll go with Hill as a starter, Rogers as a reliever. And I, I would say, to your point about Dominic, too, uh, Jake, don't you think that he is the first guy up in the rotation? Yes. I Next guy. Yes. I, I think he'll end up spending a lot of time. Yeah, he'll end up spending a lot of time in the starting rotation for sure. Okay, I'll pick two different guys. Um, just for, for the sake of this conversation, my best starter, not surprising, Barrios. It needs to be. I mean, he needs to he needs to take that next step. And and he needs to go from being the perceived twins ace, because I think he's got the stuff and I think the mindset could come. I think he's got that ability to jump into that very exclusive group of real big league aces. It's small. A lot of teams don't have that guy. A lot of teams don't even have a guy who can become that guy. Jose Barrios can. Um, and so I think that he is 
potentially on the precipice of taking that step. He is obviously has the advantage in 2020 of not having that pocket of wearing down like he did from early August to early September 2019, where he was pretty dreadful. I believe the ERA was eight plus, Jake. Um, this, again, to your Rich Hill point, it's a short year, which is going to help guys who ordinarily either get hurt or wear down. But I, but for the sake of the Twins, not just in 2020, but going forward, I think Barrios has to take that step. And I think if we're, I think if we're saying Rich Hill was unequivocally the best pitcher for the Twins in 2020, things didn't go as planned. So I'm picking Barrios there. What about Homer? You're not, you're, you're not going with Homer? Oh, God. Can we talk about Homer? And by the way, Dominic's next up because Homer's coming out of that rotation, okay? Homer, one yeah. year, $7 million. Look, look, Derek, Wes Johnson, Thad, Rocco, I get it. You, all, you like to go to garage sales and cherry pick used cars and mowers and things like that and work on them on Saturdays in your garage and then get some use from them. And ordinarily, that's baseball. That's great. Unfortunately, the Homer Bailey that you picked up at a garage sale is not going to work in a 60-game season. Uh, relief pitcher, and you're, you're probably right, is probably Taylor. I'm going to go, though, with a guy who I think they found something, and I think it's a sustainable run of success that he started. Tyler Duffy. Yeah, I think Tyler Duffy is going to be incredibly important. And I don't think Tyler Duffy's success – that we saw in 2019 can be chalked up to a fluke that he's now going to be adjusted to by the league and fail. I think Tyler Duffy in the role he's in pitching like Wes Johnson, Johnson wants him to Jake. I think they found something that is successful, sustainable, and it's going to make him a pretty damn good pitcher for a few years to come. So I'll go Burrios for my starter and I'll go Duffy for my bullpen guy. Yeah. Duffy's a cerebral guy too. He's very open to, to, I think, taking information and and applying it uh and he talked a lot about that and we've seen his his velo go up we've seen uh his pitch selection really change throughout the last couple of years and i agree i think last year he figured some things out and and he was legit i mean he was throwing 97 98 uh you know he had a tough playoffs but we won't count that against him um he's he's my number two after after rogers for sure all right next up biggest surprise now this could be a player uh, or, or it could be something else. And, and just to give you an example, I'll start. I, my biggest surprise is going to be Miguel Sano's defense at first base. So it's a tiny sample size last night uh, it, against the Cubs, but I saw what I needed to see, which was that Sano has the ability to scoop throws. He scooped a really nice – so Josh Donaldson made a great play at third uh, and had a low throw, and Sano scooped it like it was no issue. Now that's, that's a sample size of one. So, you know, who knows? And maybe he can't handle those in-between hops uh, the way really skilled first baseman can. But he looked good. He looked good uh, with that scoop. And he, he had a really nice play where he showed some range. Uh, yeah. Getting to a ball in the hole. Where was uh, that at third base? What's that? Where was that, where was that play at third base? He ranged to his right but a hell of a play. He did. It was good. He looked good. And so, you know, maybe he's, he's probably been putting in uh, work there, you know, behind the scenes. Hopefully he has. But, but he looked good in that game. Uh, I reserve the right to, to change my mind on this because it's such a small sample size, but that's what I need to see. I needed to see that scoop uh, and, and he handled it and it, it didn't look like it, it surprised them. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say Miguel Sano's defense at first base is the biggest surprise of the year. I think he's going to be good over there. And if he is, it changes the entire dynamic of the, of the infield defense. Absolutely. In fact, I would say that the highlight single-handedly for the twins in that exhibition game against the Cubs was that Sano's yeah. defense. The bullpen was good too, but I really believe because 
We haven't seen it. We don't know. Um, we can certainly say that Miguel has been guilty of not applying himself defensive previously, right field, at times third base. And so I was very pleasantly surprised to see a guy who looks comfortable. He really does. And, and I know fans are going to say, well, it's first base. You know, my grandma could play first base. Keep in mind, there was a solid year when he shifted to first base full time where Joe Maurer really didn't look comfortable. That's and right. Joe is one of the best athletes we've seen play for the Twins. It took a while for him to look comfortable as the everyday first baseman. So um, I'm going to go with one. I'm going to go with a big surprise that is going to be one year and one year only like a, a sale. It's a quick sale, okay? The biggest surprise is going to be the fact that we're going to have to see Rocco Baldelli not be nearly as patient as Rocco likes to be. He doesn't have the luxury, and he's going to – his personality's not going to change, okay? So I'm not trying to say he's going to go crazy and start to throw uh, buffet spreads around or something like that, but he is going to have to at times not be patient. Uh, and that, that's, that's going to come from him. It's going to come from Falvey. It's going to come from Levine at times. Like the, the 162-game summer of patience, springtime as well, is sort of out the window. So Rocco Baldelli probably won't like this, but he's going to have to alter how he does some things. And he's going to have to do it for one year. In 2021, he can go back to being the old Rocco. But I think it's going to be surprising the first few times that we see Rocco make what for him, Jake, are going to be panicked decisions. Now, I'm not saying he's going to show panic, but we are going to say, whoa, a year ago, no way he does that. This year, he has no choice. He's going to take a little bit of that Zolgad Depew uh, panic mode and, uh, and insert it into, into his managerial style. I love it. Homer Bailey, right? Like, you can't watch this for very long. I'm sorry. You just can't. You don't have the luxury of telling Falvey and Wes, well, yeah, let's keep working on your guy. You got to say, Randy Dobnik, next guy up, Homer, you're going to the bullpen somewhere else. I don't know. But those are the type of things a year ago, Rocco Baldelli never would have done, and he's going to have to do them now because there's too much pressure for this Twins team to be good to just accept failure. I agree. I think if, if Homer Bailey puts – puts up two or three starts in a row like he did last night, uh, he probably gets DFA'd or, or moved to the bullpen in long relief. You, you just can't have patience with that. Now, three's a lot, too. It is. Three is a lot. In three is a lot. Yep. And it's hard because, you know, it, it is a small sample size, and they obviously like what they saw uh, from Bailey in the second half in Oakland. That's why they signed him to a – they gave him $7 million, which I thought was a lot, honestly. Uh, but, yep. yeah, he – the, the, I think the leash uh, is going to be short with, with Bailey, but we'll see. We've got to at least give him a chance to, to make a regular season start. But, uh, yeah, he didn't look good last night. All right, biggest – so we just did biggest surprise. Biggest disappointment. So someone uh, or something that you feel like maybe uh, will not go right that, that we're not expecting. And so I'll start. I, I know you guys – you had Eno Saris on your show uh, yesterday, right? Uh, yes. Uh, and he was talking about how the Twins are, are prime regression candidates. and. I mean, how could you not be, right? You set the, the all-time home run record in a single season. A bunch of guys had career years. So I, I do – I agree with, with you know, I think there is going to be some regression coming. I think Mitch Garver uh, might be a candidate for some regression. I still think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, I think he's a, a really solid starting catcher. I just think the numbers that he put up were so absurd. They, I mean, they were ridiculous. You know, he had like 350 plate appearances, something like that, and had over 30 home runs. Um, so I just – I don't see that type of production coming from Garver. Again, that's not a knock on him. I think he's still going to be a solid player. I just don't think replicating that is realistic. And I think 
Kepler also had a career year. Might see a little bit of regression out of him. Again, another good player. I think they'll have good years. I just don't think they'll have that outstanding, you know, top, you know, 10 player in the league type of years uh, that they had last year. I like your track here because we're not necessarily taking players apart and saying that they're going to come out and be terrible, um, but that they are not going to necessarily be the player that they were in 2019. I'm going to give you one along the same uh, train of thought here, Jake. So I'm not expecting this guy to fall off the table or be bad. I think he's very good. I think his approach at, uh, at the plate, incredibly professional. But it almost seems like our expectation that Luis Arise is always going to be great seems like a little bit of a stretch. We know he's not great at second base, okay? I think at the plate, I think he's still going to have a good year. But, you know, there was talk instantly about 60-game season, who can hit 400, Luis Arise. And, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he, he's I was got, saying that. I was yeah. saying that. Yeah. And he's got that potential. But I also think that, you know, a lot of people have had a lot of time to watch film and break him down. And, and he is a kid who basically, to a lot of us, came out of nowhere. And so I'm not going to be surprised if he is not the Rod Crew right now that we think he is. That doesn't mean he's not going to develop. But there's always that, you know, I catch the league by surprise, right? Because I'm good. And now pitchers, in this case, adjust to me. And then I adjust. And then they adjust. And on and on and on. And that's what makes sports so great. Um, but just disappointment-wise, I think we're probably a little bit too certain that a rise is going to be great. And I think, I think it might get bumpy. Not saying it's going to be bad, but I think that there certainly might be some bumps here. I could see that. I'm a huge Arise fan, but you're right. I mean, I'm with you. You see guys come up a lot and, and tear the league up right away, and then, and then the league adjusts. That's what, like you said, that's what's beautiful about baseball. Pitchers adjust, and then the hitters have to adjust again. I think Arise is a really smart guy, and I think he takes it really seriously. Uh, and so I think he will make that adjustment quickly, but, but I agree. I, I, I think we're expecting the world out of him and maybe that's not fair for a guy who, you know, has had what 70 or 80 games in the big leagues. All right. Exactly. All right. Let's get to a uh, win loss record. So what do you think Judd Zolga, what's going to be their win loss record at the end of the year? Do they make the playoffs? What's going to happen? Okay. Well, first of all, I am going to put them, for the sake of this, I'll put them at 34 wins. How about that? I think they're going to be good. But, I mean, it's a 60-game season. No one's going to win 45, right? Like something ridiculous yeah. or like a 50-win team. I mean, it'd be, it, it's possible and it'd be fun. But baseball, baseball depends on starting pitching. And there's so many things day by day that can change for teams. I'll put them at 34 wins. Uh, I will say that they will make the playoffs that they'll either win the Central or get challenged by Chicago possibly and be a wild card. But let's just say that they win, uh, for, for the sake of the conversation, the division. But you just brought up a very interesting thing. And Rob Manfred, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on this. Are you going to have expanded playoffs now? Because the season starts tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. And I'm seeing tweets about an expanded playoff format, which you talked about previously. And to be honest, if you would put it in a month ago or three weeks ago, I'd be like, okay, cool. Because the urgency of everything we've talked about sort of goes out the window if we're going to allow everybody and their brother in the playoffs. I'm going to operate under no expanded playoff thoughts right now and tell you I think the Twins are going to win the division. But that being said, get your act together. 
Like, why are we talking about the season starts tonight? Why are we talking about expanded playoffs? Either you did them or you didn't do them. It's, ridic- it's ridiculous. They've had a month plus to work this out. Why are the negotiations going down to the hours before first pitch between the I mean, Nats Toronto and- doesn't have a ballpark. Toronto has no place to play. And we don't know what the stinking playoff format is. I know. It, it, is, it is ridiculous. That said, I am all for expanded playoffs in a 60-game season. I hate it in 162, but in a 60-game season, there's just way too much – there's way too many opportunities for bad I'm with you. to make it. Yeah, and good teams to not make it. And, and there should be. There should be eight teams per league that make it, have a fun tournament. The season doesn't really mean anything, or it's, a, it's, right. it's, it's time to experiment. In the it, so, go ahead. But, Jake, it's a professional sports league, okay? I know. And, and expanded playoffs or, or what we expect to be the playoff f- format makes a huge difference to a ton of teams, like thought crosses, what they have to do roster-wise, how they have to panic or not panic. I'm with you. It's 60 games. It's fun. I'm not taking it nearly as seriously as I do 162. But nonetheless, have some pride and tell me what your format is. Like, this is not the American Association. This is not Legion Ball. This is not Babe Ruth ball, right? Like, I want to know, I wanted to know weeks ago what's your playoff format. I don't think that's too much to ask. It's not too much to ask. And, uh, you know, it, it impacts how games are managed even early in the year. If you know that, you, that there are eight spots, maybe Rocco Baldelli doesn't go with Taylor Rogers, you know, for a multi-inning appearance for the third day in a row or whatever, even this weekend. So they, they got to get this figured out. But, yeah. It, just do the expanded playoffs, get it done, but don't have your news cycle. I mean, how idiotic is it that baseball's news cycle is dominated by whether there's going to be expanded playoffs and Juan Soto, unfortunately, testing positive for COVID, which we'll talk about. Now, there's nothing they can do about Soto, but the focus should be on opening day, not whether or not they can get these negotiations done. It, it's another example of Rod Manfred just being in way over his head. So, but yes, I hope they have expanded playoffs. All right, my What's your prediction. My yes, so my prediction, uh, thirty-five and twenty-five. I'm going to be uh, slightly more optimistic than you, and I know that you changed your win-loss record because we talked about this prior to the show. We uh, had the same uh, one. I was boring. I, I dropped know. my win. <laughs> so I'm going to say thirty-five and twenty-five. And here's my ultimate home run prediction. And if this happens, we're going to go back and replay this uh, at the end of the season. I think they're going to tie the White Sox for the division. I think it's going to be a three-team race, and I think ultimately the White Sox and Twins are going to tie and play a game 61 for the division. The loser of that will get a wild card spot. That's my call. I think the oh, White. Oh, Sox- wait, wait, wait! Don't take me down this path without giving me the winner of game 61. I'll say that I'll I'll be I'll be an optimist. Baseball starting tonight for all of its problems. I'm in a great mood. I'll say the Twins win that game 61, and that the okay. White Sox get in as a wild card. Uh, but yeah, 35 and 25, but the White Sox are legit, man. And the more I watch them and I mean, Luis Robert, that guy is unbelievable. He's going to be a price of admission guy. Yes. When we can go back to games, you would pay, you'll pay to see him. Yes. Yep. And exactly. And with Giolito at the top of that rotation and, you know, they don't have a lot of pitching depth and for that to not be as much of a concern in a 60 game year. Uh, you know, because they're not going to have to dip into their minor league system the way you would in, in 162. I think the White Sox are well positioned, and I think it's going to. I think it's going to be. It's going to come right down to the wire. But I'll give it to the Twins. 35 and 25 win the division in a game 61. All right, 
Judd, who is going to impact the roster that's not currently on the 30-man? So who are some call-ups that you see that will have an impact uh, later in the season that are currently in St. Paul with the, with the, uh, the training at the alternate site? This is really intriguing because there's possibilities here. Like this is not a pie in the sky, Jake DePew get lost, that makes no sense, they've got their roster, blah, blah, blah. There are guys, and I believe that there are pitchers that we will see that they will use that they ordinarily might not have used, but because of the, especially if we stay with the playoff format that we expect. The expand, again, the expanded playoff format to me changes a lot of things. But anyway, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple pitchers to start with, okay? And then get your thoughts. Dakota Chalmers and that curveball to me. That's a big league curveball right now. Um, he, he doesn't, you know, he, he pitched in, in the Gulf Coast League and then for Class A Fort Myers last year. So we're not talking about a ton of experience. But as far as the element of potential surprise here, he's in St. Paul. I'm not saying he comes here and pitches a bunch. But if you get him to, you know, if you unveil him a few times, there's, go, there's going to be some pretty damn good hitters who are like, what the hell was that, right? So I'll go with Dakota Chalmers uh, as one possibility, and then I'll give you an outfielder slash infielder as well. I'm not going to be shocked if we see Alex Kirloff. He, he, he and Larnick played in a ton of the uh, scrimmage games that they played at Target Field leading up to the Wednesday night exhibition game against the Cubs. And they both look like they are on, Jake, the precipice of being prepared to play here. And so it could be either one of those guys. But Larnick, or I'm sorry, Kirloff can play right field. He's not a butcher, I don't think, at first base. I'm not sure he's great. But, you know, Sano is going to be a work in progress there. So just as my guess, and again, I do think your question carries weight, um, I'll give you Kirloff and Chalmers. Chalmers probably in just a burst. But that curveball can get guys out. I mean, it got Cruz out, if I'm not mistaken. It got Donaldson out. And if I need something, I think he could get a guy out or two or three. Yep. So I, I'm with you on Chalmers. I, and I think these guys, as every front office uh, does, they, they like to promote guys that they acquired. So they traded for Dakota Chalmers, and he was hurt at the time that they traded him. He wasn't even a top 30 prospect. And they obviously saw something there. And, and you can see it now. When we watched him pitch in that intro squad, it was impressive. Uh, and the fact that they're keeping him around, he's on the 40-man already, which helps. Uh, but, but they have him in St. Paul. I agree. That curveball is impressive. The velo is good. Um, he, I, I think he'd be more of a September guy, but I'm with you. But Jahan Duran is legit. He throws in the upper 90s. He's got that splitter-sinker combo. I think they call it like a splinker. Um, that's just uh, – it's not an un, maybe not an unhittable pitch, but it's a really difficult pitch for, for hitters to see. Uh, he is – arguably their top pitching prospect along with Belzovic. I think he's in the rotation at some point this year, Jahan Duran. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he's not far off. I mean, he was, a, he was going to start the year at double A and once you're at double A, uh, you know, you're within shouting distance of the big leagues. Um, the other guy that I think we're going to see is Jorge Alcala. So he got called up at the, at the very end of last year, pitched very briefly. Uh, he throws like 98, 99. Latroy Hawkins was talking about him on one of the inter-squad uh, broadcasts. He works with these guys in St. Paul. He was talking up Alcala a lot. The fact that they brought Alcala to Chicago, pitched him at Fenway, he's on the taxi squad. 
that to me suggests he's kind of the next man up. So I think his control is an issue, right? He needs to, he needs to get that refined. But I think in uh, short bursts as a one inning reliever, he could be a difference maker. And, and kind of the way we thought Fernando Romero was going to be last year, that obviously didn't pan out at all. And, and Romero's not even wet the twins, but I think Alcala is, is a guy that, that we'll see and will make an impact. But I'm with you on Kirilov and Larnick. I think both those guys could come up. I also think Ryan Jeffers uh, could potentially come up at some point because the Twins treated him like a big leaguer. Jeffers is here next year as, as Garver's backup, I think, don't you? I think Jeffers is very close to being set to take, take on a pretty substantial role here. Absolutely. Yep. They have Talese as the taxi squad catcher for now, which makes sense because he's uh, a veteran. He's gotten a lot of big league time. Uh, but I think Jeffers. Uh, will make an impact maybe this year, uh, but next year for sure. All right, let's move on. So we talked about playoff expansion. All right, here's a depressing question, but a legitimate one. Do they make it through this entire season? Do they play the full 60 and the, and the full postseason, or does this thing get banged at some point because there, there are too many COVID positives? Mm, I think they all make it through the 60, okay? I mean, we're this far here, so I think they all – make it through but if but if the next part of your question is do the twins make it through the entire season with no more positive coronavirus tests my answer is no they don't i mean this is why you've got these rosters filled with guys you know basically down the street that could come and play so yes i think baseball makes it through a very short quick sprint of a season i think we get the playoffs and world series done uh but are the twins from here on out not impacted by COVID-19, no. I think you definitely have a player or two. Look, I mean, they're not in a bubble. They're going to be traveling around. They're going to be susceptible, right, Jake? They're going to have some guys you know they are who go out. I mean, they were in Chicago last night. They don't play again until Friday. You know, Baldelli and Falvey could tell these guys till they're blue in the face, don't go out, don't go to restaurants, don't go to bars. But guess what? Some of these places I believe in Chicago are now open. Um, not everybody is going to think as wisely as they possibly should. So, yeah, I think they get through the season. Um, are, are the Twins not impacted again by COVID-19? My answer is no, they will. Yep, I agree. I think the fact that we've already seen a number of COVID-positive cases and, and baseball continues to push forward suggests that this is just going to be the status quo for this year. We're going to see guys like Juan Soto, who tested positive today, go out. And they're going to be out for a while, and hopefully they, they recover and they're back. I mean, we've seen it with the Twins. Sano tested positive. He's back. Williams Acedillo, by the way, there hasn't been much talk about him, but he tested positive at the beginning of camp, and we still haven't seen him. So he's still out? He's still out. I, yes, I hope, Hopefully he's doing okay. Uh, but, yeah, there hasn't been a ton of information on that. I, I did see Baldelli after the game said uh, that they're hopeful uh, that, they, that they'll get him back, you know, maybe soon. Uh, but there hasn't been much information on him. So this is just going to be how, how it is. And I think, I think the team that is healthiest is going gonna, is gonna to probably win the World Series or at least you know, have a huge advantage. But I agree. I think that they make it through the 60 in the postseason, but, but it's going to be – guys are just going to be cycling in and out. And the one thing that could really derail it is if a player, God forbid, dies or is in the ICU. And that would be awful. And let, or, or a coach, you know. Um, yep. And let, let's really hope that doesn't happen. But if that happens, I think that would probably, as it should, uh, cancel the season. But if these guys are going to get it and recover, then I, I, think, I think we make it through. So. This sounds terrible. I don't think a coach being in the ICU and, God forbid, dying would stop it. 
Yeah. I don't think a coach would. I really – I mean, that sounds – once you've committed to go this far down the path, there have to be – and, I mean, this is a brutal thing to say, but this is pro sports, and pro sports is as ugly a world in some ways you could possibly talk about or get into. Um, once you go down this path, much like with what football is going to do, you don't have a bubble. You don't have the protections. You're trying. Um, I don't think you can allow a coach getting it and even, God forbid, dying to stop you. I don't think they would stop. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I, I hate that we have to have these conversations, right? I mean, this is sports. It's entertainment. We sh- it shouldn't be life and death. But the reality is they're playing in the middle of a pandemic. 130 plus thousand people have died. You have to say that it's a possibility because it is. It but is they're playing. Be, but they're playing be solely because it is beyond fun and sports. It's a huge business. It's oh, of a, course. I mean, when when you ever when the word billions crosses your lips in conversation, then the fear of death is like, well, that's too bad he died. Like yeah. this is this isn't being done. We we're going back. Don't get me wrong. But this isn't being done out of the good of people's hearts. This is being done by people who are based in being billionaires and to a large extent greed. And if this was all about fun, we wouldn't be doing it. All right. Uh, But when we're talking about billion dollar businesses, we're talking about people who to a certain degree, if you gave them truth serum, Jake would say, I don't care that much because I need my money. I know. And that's, that's the only thing. Oh, it's, but it's, it's true, and that's the depressing, cynical part, uh, part about this, and that's what makes it hard to be excited. Like, I am really excited. I love baseball. I'm passionate about it. I love watching it. It's, it's comfort food for me. I love breaking it down, and, and it's great. It's opening day. That's awesome, but we are doing this in the middle of a pandemic, and it is about money, and if, you know, if baseball truly cared about health and safety, they would pay the players their salaries and say, we're canceling the season. That's obviously never going to happen, right, with, with billionaires who, who want to get paid. No. And, and that's the, the, the dark cloud looming over all of this. And if somebody does get really sick or something really bad happens, it is gonna, it's just going to be a nightmare. It's going to be awful. And we're, I think we're all going to have to ask a lot of questions about, is this something that we should have done, should have followed? But, uh, it's not, but we're not doing it. See, see my, my, yeah. my Zolgadian view here is this. The blood is not on our hands. They're playing. I'll watch. But if they end up killing people, I didn't okay them to go back and play. Yeah. So, so like, if you want to do this, because if you think of this through logically, there is no way on God's green earth that football should play, right? No. No. And they, and they don't care. They don't care. So if you're going to do it, I'll watch it. But if this turns bad, don't look to me for absolution. Or to say, you know what? I got blood on my hands too. No, I don't. You're making the billions. You elected to do this. I will watch it, and it's part of my job, so I'm glad it's back. But this is all on you guys, not us. Yes. No, that, that's right. And, and college sports is even grosser to me. Like, oh, at least with the pros, they're getting paid, right? They have the ability, if they're high risk, to opt out. That's something. The college kids, to put these college kids at risk, for no pay, you know, just to make billions in TV money for college football and basketball, like that is just, that's just so disgusting to me. Right. Uh, and one, so one thing I want to point out, so we, we heard, we got the Soto news today, but I think what's almost more interesting, or at least as interesting a story related to COVID is Eduardo Rodriguez, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, one of their best, probably their best starting pitchers. He had COVID, 
uh, got di- uh, got tested positive at the beginning of camp, came back, and was with the team and pitching. He's now been shut down due to complications, lingering complications from COVID. And that's something that we still don't know about this virus is what are the long-term effects of it and, or, and the medium-term effects of it. And we're seeing that potentially now for the first time with a player, uh, with Rodriguez, who came back and is now being shut down. We don't know that. And we don't know what the effect will be on these guys' careers long-term you know, because it, it, could have, it could damage their lungs and other things. Uh, and so the fact that he came back and got shut down I think is actually a really big story uh, and something to monitor. They're saying it's mild uh, and that they expect him back in a week, but we'll see. We'll see. And we'll see what happens with all these other guys who test positive, whether they end, whether any of them have to get shut down. This exhausts guys too, right? Like, like my, so, so, so lots of these guys and they're basically kids um, don't show symptoms. They have the virus and they're fine. But I think if you get it and, you know, you get the cough, I mean, and, and let's say it's just best case, which is what? High fever, like Freeman had, the cough, it's bad, uh, but it's not going to kill you. My understanding is that it exhausts you for weeks. So, like, you are out, you don't, it's not like you can go out and play a baseball game and be like, hey, I'm feeling great now. Um, so, I think if you, if you are not asymptomatic and you do have this thing, um, God forbid it also includes like your blood thickening and people having and young people having strokes and stuff like that. But just in the case of a cough, a fever and the symptoms, it's something that takes a while to push through here. And to your point, keep in mind, too, we are talking about a very quick 60 game season. So there are going to be guys who get this who are not going to be themselves for the entire 2020 season. That does not mean they can't come back in 2021 and be fine. But it, this is going to impact people for the duration of what we're considering the baseball season. And I don't think there's a shortcut around that. No, that's right. That's right. And everybody reacts differently to it. A lot of people are asymptomatic and some like Freeman get really, really sick and you just don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be obviously a story throughout the whole season, the predominant story without question. All right, let's end. Well, I want to talk about two more things. Well, let's talk quickly about the opening day roster, and then we'll end with a final prediction of how the Twins do in the playoffs, because we're, we're both assuming that they're going to make the playoffs. So w- any reactions to uh, the 30-man opening day roster? Any surprises uh, for you or, or players you want to talk about? Um, pl- pleasantly surprised that Buxton didn't have to start on the IL. I thought that, you know, because at the time um, when he suffered the mid-left foot sprain, Jake, it looked, it looked really bad. Uh, and the Twins, rightfully so, ordinarily err on the side of caution. In this case, though, it sounds like Buxton, I don't think he'll play on Friday, but he could play certainly Saturday or Sunday. I will say this. I do think we're seeing the new thinking of the 2020 Twins, though. I think ordinarily, 162, Buxton's on IL today. I really do. I don't think he's on this roster to start a season if it's 162 as opposed to 60. So, so that to me is good news. Um, and I guess this is probably done for defensive purposes because I don't think this young man from Australia can hit. Aaron Whitefield. Yeah. Make the roster. Um, my guess is as a defensive replacement. My guess is as a backup in case something does happen with Byron as well. Well, but beyond that, no huge surprises to me. Yeah. So I think with Whitefield, He's, he's a fantastic defender, and so I think that's one of the reasons. But I think the biggest reason they have him is because of the extra innings rule where every team starts 
uh, with a runner at second base. Whitefield okay. is next to Buxton, the fastest guy on the team. He is incredibly fast. He, he swiped a ton of bags in the minors last year. He didn't hit much at all. He has no power, uh, but he's, he's a great defender. But that, that rule, right? If they go to extra innings, expect to see Whitefield on second base to start, um, to start the 10th the, the inning. Uh, so the rule, go ahead. The rule, the rule is the last guy to make the out for you in the ninth goes to second, but I can pinch run for him. Exactly. And, and then he's done for the game, but I also just pinch ran, in this case, if Whitefield's the choice, with the guy who's got big-time speed on second base. Exactly. Yep. So if, if Sano makes the last out of the ninth, uh, you would have to pinch run for him uh, uh, with, with Whitefield, presumably, and then Sano would be out of the game. But, yep. but if that wins you one or two games based on his speed, it's worth it. And, you know, I don't know that Whitefield survives once they, the roster has to go down to 28 guys in two weeks and then 26 after that two weeks later. Uh, so this could just be a two-week thing for him. But it makes sense to carry a guy like that when you have these expanded rosters. Um, so, yeah, he may not get many at-bats. In fact, I'm sure he won't get many at-bats. But uh, he, he's, he's an asset. You know, he's a tool to have sort of like a Terran score type with the Royals, or if you remember Terran score a few years back. Oh, yeah. Cubs, right? Yeah, well, with the Royals and then the Cubs, yeah, they would bring yep. him in as a pinch runner, and he impacted playoff games. So, um, so Whitefield uh, could make an impact at some point. Um, probably early in the year when the rosters are expanded. All right, let's finish on a high note. Predictions for how the Twins will do in the playoffs. We both are saying that they'll win the Central. What is your call, Judd Zolgad? Is Buxton healthy? Let's say yes. All right, Byron Buxton healthy. Barrios takes that next step. Um, Odorizzi comes back from the back problem and is absolutely fine. At the very least, I think they can win a playoff series. Uh, and if we maintain the playoff format that we're expecting uh, that we had in 2019, they make it to the AL Championship Series. Do they face the Yankees there at that point? Because I don't know they get past the Yankees. Garrett Cole, the Yankees are still very, very good. I'm going to say, and to me, for me personally, this is being very optimistic. I'm going to put them in the American League Championship Series and say it ends there. But that they finally get, and this is a big deal if you're a Twins fan, they finally get at least one win in a playoff run. So, Judd, I think you know that I'm one of the most cynical, uh, jaded guys uh, around. I, I rival you I like in these categories. But, like yes. But listen, it is a dark time in the country for a lot of reasons. We've gone through a lot, and so I'm going to be incredibly optimistic here. And it's also not that much of a stretch because the Twins are really, really good. Write this down. If Buxton is healthy going into the playoffs and Rich Hill is healthy, the Twins are going to win the World Series. Whoa! I, I know. I know. I think... And then I'm going to have to admit it's not as big a deal as it should have been and downplay it. Why are you, why are you doing that to me, Jake DePew? Why are you doing that to me? I just, I want to be optimistic. Opening day, we got to opening day. I'm happy. The Twins are really good. And here's the, here's the X factor for me. The Twins melt down in Yankee Stadium every time they play the Yankees in the playoffs, right? I think a lot of that is because of the crowd. The crowd's not going to be there. At most, it's going to be like 20% capacity. It's not going to have the same impact. There's not going to be that intimidation factor. You've That's a good point. Yeah, you've got Barrios and Rich Hill as your one-two. Uh, you've got guys like Duran who could potentially come up and be weapons late in the year. And you've got that offense. I, this team... Look, 
Pete, uh, Pete Abraham, the Boston Globe, uh, Red Sox beat writer, said the Twins are going to win the World Series. A lot of people are, are saying that they're going to go deep. This is the team that could do it. Now, they could, they could miss the playoffs because it's 60 games. But I'm calling it right now. If Buxton and Hill are healthy, they finally get over the, the, the Yankees hurdle in, an, in empty stadiums, they go to the World Series, and they win it. That is my call, Judd Zalgad. I am the most optimistic person in the room today. It's unbelievable. So you're telling me that, that we're not going to hear, start spreading the news, I'm leaving today, the Yankees win. Wow. That's, that's you know, it would be, it'd be fun. I got to admit, it'd be a lot of fun. It would be fun. The Twins are winning the World Series in 2020. Write it down. What round are they beating the Yankees in? I'll say the ALCS. Okay, I think, that, that's I, what I would think they mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think they win the division uh, and, and take out maybe Houston or Oakland in the ALDS and then, and then overcome the Yankees. Yep. And then and in 2021, the White Sox start a long run of being American League Central champions. And that's fine. If the Twins win the World Series in 2020, it's, uh, we're, in a, we're in a minimum five Let me tell you this, Jake DePio. Let me tell you, the interesting factoid in Minnesota sports, if the 2020 Twins win the World Series partially based on the fact that they finally beat the big, bad Bronx Bombers based on no fans. Do you realize then that this, this team would have won three World Series in its history in this state? And two of them would have been directly influenced by two of the most different things possible. The 87 team does not win the World Series without the Metrodome. I don't even know they make the playoffs, okay? The 91 team, legit. But that 87 team fed off the fans. I, if I'm not mistaken, there was a Detroit Tiger player in the ALCS that year who threw up in the dugout because it got so loud. Like, they couldn't hear. The Cardinals, same thing, all right? And then if you're telling me in 2020 they're going to come back and win a World Series based on no fans, that would be interesting. Yep, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. The Twins have had their share of bad luck in the playoffs. They're going to finally get some good luck with no fans. And they're, start the parade. Start the socially distanced parade. I'll yeah. be there. First beer's on me. Fine, fine, fine stuff. Final thoughts in this uh, Twins preview show. You got anything else? Well, I just I, I think it's going to be a, a once-in-a-lifetime year, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We don't know yet. But I think it's going to be fascinating for so many reasons, and it's going to be fun because every game matters so much. Uh, the, you know, a, 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 a five-game losing streak could derail your entire season. And so – you know, for, for people who say baseball is boring and it's too long, this is your year. This is your Not chance. Not this year. Yep. Not this so year. It, I, hope, I hope that everybody gets through it relatively healthy. Of course, there are going to be more COVID positives, but hopefully nobody gets seriously sick and, and we can have a fun season, a fun postseason, and then resume, you know, sort of normal baseball in 2021. Score North Twin Show. He's Jake. I'm Judd. We will talk to you soon. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.